I'm sorry it's warm in here. I forgot again. I'm sorry. Thing works when we work it. If it don't work, it don't work. Amen. All right. Okay, tonight. So, again, this has kind of been the theme. I, I don't plan this, uh, but this is kind of the way it's been working. We kind of go back and forth uh, between looking at ourselves and our the makeup of our soul and why we are the way we are to faith. And so tonight to another faith night. All right. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles to James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. I, um, the Bible says that, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let's go over there to Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 17. I believe that's why that's fine. Romans ten seventeen. Romans ten seventeen. Romans ten seventeen it says, so then faith, matter of fact, I want to read it. Let me go switch over to my other version. My ampl- I love the Amplified Classic Version. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. So then faith comes by hearing the message of the gospel that came from the lips of Jesus Christ. Faith comes from a continual hearing. It says it comes by hearing, hearing. Even in a a hot and sweaty environment, it comes by hearing and hearing. Amen? Amen. Now let's go back over to, uh, let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews. Lord, are you coming down or are you staying back there? <laughs> I guess you staying back there. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Okay, so uh, what, what do we just read? We read the scripture saying that faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing, hearing. Uh, showing us that it's a continual hearing. That literally means you can't just hear it one time and be where you need to be. Amen. No more than you can, the teacher can come in when you're in kindergarten and, and show you the letter A one time and never pass by it again and you learn how to spell. Repetition is the motor of learning. That's how you get something. Repetition. It's got to be repetition. Right? Everything that anybody does on a professional level or a continual level is repetition is a big part of it. Right? That's, that's how you get it. Uh, there are people in this room I know that that have gotten it because they heard me in conversation with me when we were around talking and they asked me about it or they hear me teach about it and go back and listen to me talking about it. I have given out books from other people that I've learned from about it, right? But it comes from the repetition. And at some point, 
after your hearing, there has to be application. But the hearing must come first to give you the confidence to try to apply it. All right? The hearing must come first to give you the confidence to try to apply it. So, what did I say we were going next? Hebrews 11.1. Hebrews 11.1 says that now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, and the title deed of what things we hope for, being the proof of things that we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Let's read it again. Now faith is the assurance. Right? It didn't say it's the possibility. It said it's the assurance. Right? The assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for, the, uh, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is uh, not revealed to the senses. So God wants you to take what he said as a fact, not as a possibility. He wants When he says something, he wants you to take it like you just got the title. If I, Just the same way if somebody uh, told you that they're giving you a car, and they said, look, here's the title, right? The title's in the car's outside, but here's the title right now. God wants you to take the title to that property and believe that you got it at that moment, right? That's what he wants you to do. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Just as we have relationships and there are levels to the information that you pass out to the people that, are, that you have a relationship with, there are certain things my wife knows about me and about our business that nobody else in the whole world knows. There are certain things that God knows about uh, myself and what I, uh, what, uh, uh, and my relationship with God that nobody else knows. There are certain things that uh, the leadership of the church knows about myself and about things that nobody else knows. There are certain things that my mama knows about me that nobody else knows. So as relationships go and the closeness, close-knit of the relationship, more information is going to be revealed. There are certain things about myself that you don't live in my house, I'm not going to tell you. Right? And it's the same way with God. God, God is like, man, if he says, seek me and you will find me. Ask and I'll tell you about it. Knock and I'll open the door. If you pursue and you have a relationship with God, there's going to be things you know that somebody else won't know. So when you start talking about, you know, what God can do when you believe, if somebody else don't have that kind of relationship with God, then it, they, they, it's not going to make the same sense to them. It's not, going, it's not going to work for them like that because their mind's on something else. They're somewhere else. Their faith, their belief is in something else. Everybody believes in something. Right? And so if you don't if you don't have any kind of close relationship with God, you're not gonna believe that faith has any power to you're not gonna believe it. If you if you if the doctor comes and gives you some kind of report and says that you ain't gonna make it, there's no chance, no hope, this, that, and the other, what you're gonna do, you're gonna attach to what everybody else attached to. Because you got a relationship with God, you know, it, to some degree it's gonna manifest depending on where your faith is, right? That's how much of God you're gonna hold on to in that moment. So don't don't discount what we're talking about based on somebody else and what they have to say. It's about you and how, how your relationship with God. If you're close to God, then it's, and you read about this, and again, it's repetition, repetition. You know, you can't hear once, twice. Some people hard headed like that, though. You ever met somebody like that? You try to teach them something, and maybe some skill you got, and you're trying to show them that skill, and then they say, "Well, I got it." No, you don't got it. You're gonna mess up. You don't have it. Repetition is how you learn. You have to hear it and hear it and hear it, and then you have to work it. And then they come back, and now the proof that you know it is when you can demonstrate. 
Right? So Paul said, I come to you not with excellency of speech, but with a demonstration of power. He said, I'll, I'll, just, I'll show you. I'll show you that I got it. You hearing me talk about it? You ain't still ain't got it. But I'll show you that I got it. Right? And I'm telling you that if, if you, and I had to do this. I remember when it first started coming to me, I did not believe it. I didn't, I started hearing it. This guy started telling me about how God can heal and all this kind of stuff. And see, I was comfortable though. I was comfortable, uh, being an unbeliever, unbelieving believer. I was comfortable being an unbelieving believer. I was comfortable telling people they're going to go to hell. If you don't get your life right, you're going to go to hell. Jesus is going to come and get you in the middle of the night and choke you out and put you in a sleeper hole like the UFC. And God, you better stop. You're just bad. And you're a bad person. Stop it. Stop it. That's where I was. That's where I was. And so then when this information came, and this one guy, and I remember the dude had an afro, and he came in with, a, with a, uh, these headphones inside a church in a backpack. And so he was young dude, and then he started talking to me about this stuff. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, man. All right, whatever. But but when I, the stuff he told me when I went and read the Bible said exactly what he said. So then I got a problem, right? This stuff's in the body. I don't care what's out there. It's broke exactly that way in the body. So I tried to get context though. That's, that's what it's saying, right? And so then I, I was intrigued. I start, Then I started listening. Then God brought another lady to the church. And that's the way she had been brought up. So she started giving me these John Osteen tapes and Kenneth Hagin and Buddy Harrison and all of these other people giving me these tapes. I went on the front listening to these tapes. And I'm like, God, this is in the Bible. Huh? But I, I noticed that it was in the Bible, but I noticed that something in my spirit bore witness with it. It's true. Right? And so, it, uh, you know, for many years, I began to talk about it. I didn't quite understand it, but I began to talk about it. I began to practice it, you know, practice uh, not being a, uh, a not positive person. Uh, practice uh, watching what I say, watching, you know, my speech and stuff like that, trusting God. You know, and then just the same way I told Pastor Ben, I said, the more you talk about this, it's going to come a certain point that if you don't start doing it, you'll never, you have to stop talking about it. Because you're going to feel like a hypocrite within yourself. Right? And so I went through that process. It was a repetitious process. Sitting down, listen, I, I would go and, you know, when people come to town, Noble Hayes come to town, I go all the way to Pasadena and hit Noble Hayes, sit up there and talk for three or four hours. Right? Okay? But, you know, some people say, I can't be in church for three or four hours. I can't. I can sit down for 12 hours if they're saying something. If they ain't saying nothing, uh, man, you got me for 15, 20 minutes. Let's go. Right? But if, but if they're saying something, I can, I can sit there for a long time. All right, so let's move on. Let's go now to James chapter 1, 22 through 25. So the first thing we got to do is we got to make sure that we hear Right? We gotta make sure that we hear. Now some people confuse faith for assumption. Some people, uh, 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 confuse faith for assumption. That means that they assume that God's gonna do something with no biblical proof. There's not, there's not, it's not faith if you can't read that God said that He would, that He made the promise in His Word. It's not faith. If God never promised it to you, you can't claim. Right? I use this example all the time. I can't say, you know, go around telling the whole congregation. I saw this Ferrari yesterday on Facebook. <laughs> nice. It was only 62 grand, 2001. There you go. Spike. Now, I can't go around telling the congregation, uh, Brother Russell's going to buy me a Ferrari. I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> I'm telling everybody, you know, Brother Russell, he's a good guy. Like Ferrari, he's going to buy it from me, right? I can't go around telling everybody that. I can't even go around... <laughs> 
telling everybody that Russell's going to buy me a lollipop if he didn't say he was going to do it. I have no authority to say it. But once he tells me, he's coming with a watermelon blow pop. <laughs> I can go and I can tell everybody loud and proud. And I can expect it because he promised. Right? And the Bible told me not to be lying. You're right? So if God said don't lie, that means he ain't going to lie. Right? So faith, biblical faith is that God said it. Not that you assume that he's going to do it because you heard somebody else talking about it. That's not Bible faith. Bible faith is what you can read in the scripture. Alright? Other than that, it's just an assumption. Right? And you may wind up disappointed. Well, God said, I quoted it and I, I, I thought that, you know, God was going to do it and I believed God. Well, why did you believe God? He never told you he's going to get you a blow pop. <laughs> he never told you that. So now you're upset that somebody, well, you got, you got unrealistic expectations because they never told you that. You had no basis to believe that. Right? And a lot of us, uh, you know, if you get in, get into some bad teaching, then you will, you'll find yourself exactly in that position. Yeah. Out in left field somewhere, mad at God. For what? Behind a blow pop that he never told you he was gonna buy for you. <laughs> never told you gonna get it. Okay, so we hear, we hear, we hear, we hear. Our faith is growing by, from hearing. Alright? But then we get to a place. And I would title this, if I had to title this tonight, Might as well be me, but I have to act. Might as well be me, but I have to act. Uh, James 1, 22 through 25, it starts, it says, But be doers of the word. Obey the message. I'm again in the Amplified Classic Version. Be doers of the word. Obey the message. And not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. That's just what I was, what I was just saying, right? You're betraying yourself by reasons contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it uh, and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own face, uh, uh, at his own face, natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he is, what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to uh, faithful to it. And per- perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an, a, an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. So the Bible in the scripture says the blessing is in the doing. Hearing is only a part of it. The blessing is in the doing. I can hear it, I can hear it. Listen, if we're in this room and I was in here uh, about to die of thirst, and I heard that they got cold, ice cold water outside in the front, parked it right in front of the church. If I don't walk out that door and get that water, or somebody get me, somebody got to do something. Me just sitting here saying, I believe I receive ice cold water. <laughs> ice cold water, I believe I receive water. God, I believe I receive water. And I said they handed the water out outside. That's not going to help me. I have to do something. I have to take an act. Let's keep going. We just we just beginning to make a case. Uh, James chapter two verse fourteen. It says, "What is the use, profit, my brother? For if anyone professes that he has faith and he has no good works to show for it." Now, see, I'm saying I'm not making this stuff up. This is just wrote in the Bible. This is a scripture wrote in the Bible. Where I'm getting this from, right? Uh, to show for it, can such faith save a soul? If a brother or sister is poorly clad and 
lacks food each day, and one of you says to him, goodbye, keep yourself warm and well and fed without giving him necessities for the body, what good does that do? So also, if it is, so also, faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. But someone will say to you, you say that you have faith and I have, let me see, you say that you have faith and I have good works. Now you show me your alleged faith apart from any good works, if you can, and I, by my good works of obedience, will show you my faith. So a person can be talking, which a lot of people, I told you in church, that's one of the things we do good, that's why we got such good preachers in church. Because we've got a lot of people in church that can talk. Is that right? We do a lot of talking. Amen. God is good. Amen. why you ain't got no problem. But when you get a problem, God ain't so good. I don't know why he put this on me. We talk. We do a lot of talking in church. So the one guy says, you can you can speak of your alleged faith. That means the faith that you say you got. But I'll show you my faith through my works. I'll show you my faith through my works. So we in church, believing that God is so good... Why are we so afraid to sit out and do things? And there's uh, people out in the world who have no relationship with God, but yet they step out and they're constantly doing things and conquering and running the world, whatever like that. But we're, we're the faith guy with nothing to show for it. Right? So we're talking about it, but we're not acting on it. All right. Let's look at something. Remember what I said, if it might as well be me. Might as well be me. Uh, go to uh, uh, Exodus chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Exodus 2, starting at verse 1. Exodus 2, starting at verse 1. It says, and I'm beginning, I'm, I'm in the Amplified Classic right now. Now Amram, a man of whose house of Levi, of the house of Levi, the priestly tribe, went and took his wife, Jochebed, the daughter of Levi. Uh, and the woman became pregnant and bore a son. And when she saw that he was exceedingly beautiful, she hid him three months and when she could no longer hide him, she took him, she took for him an ark, a basket made of bulrushes and papyrus, making it watertight, daubing it with uh, butamen and pitch. Right? So it says that Moses' mama, this is what happened. This whole thing uh, uh, where Joseph had got taken over into Egypt. And so uh, Joseph saved everybody. He saved the whole world. By, by interpreting Pharaoh's dream and telling them that uh, they're going to go through these seven years of good times, seven years of bad times. And so then it was, it was quickly forgotten after Joseph died. Then the people just thought that, that, uh, that Joseph's little family that came over there with his dad now are multiplying so much, they're becoming more than the Egyptians. Right? And so he, uh, the Egyptians started to enslave the children of Israel. 
They start. They put them in slavery. They said, man, we can't do nothing about them. The Pharaoh told the midwives, they said, hey, listen, when these, these women are having babies, if you see it's a, a, a man, a male child, kill it. Right? But the, uh, but the midwives told them, they said, hey, these, these women are so strong, before we can even get there to try to help them have the baby, it's already out. Right? And so uh, they couldn't do anything about it. So he said this. He said, from now on, every male child of children of Israel that's born, throw them into the water. Throw them into the river. And so Moses' mama said, no, I'm not going to throw my baby in the river. Right? I'm going to believe God is going to be some other solution to this situation. So her solution was, she got the baby and kept it for three months and hid it. Now, if the Pharaoh would have found out that she hid the baby, they could have all died. Right? So, so here's a person who exercised her faith in God. And got a tremendous outcome. Not just a person who heard, right? I'm sure she un, she had heard of God and, and, and all of the writings that they had at the time. But she wasn't just a hearer, she was a doer. And so we don't know if, if, if Moses' mama was a boat maker or not. Right? We, we don't know that. We don't know if she had, that was her, her uh, field of expertise. But we know it. I believe she just kind of did what she had to do. Right? Hook this up. And then when, when you when you trust God, you find yourself in a place to where you do what you got to do. Now, what did we just read? We read that faith by itself alone, apart from works, is dead. So what did she do? She trusted God, but she put her works into action, too. She decided, I'm snatching up the baby and I ain't throwing it in the water. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to do whatever we got to do to hide it. And then it got to a certain point. She says, I'm going I'm to float this joker down the river by faith that God going to do something. Right? I'm not throwing it in the river. I'm going to float it down the river. Right? So it says, then she put the child in it and laid it among the rushes uh, by the brink of the river. Uh, river now. Now, none of the rest of what is about to happen would have happened if she wouldn't have put, she wouldn't have went to work at first. The rest of the, what we're going to read in the story, it never would have happened. Never would have happened if she wouldn't have did what she did at first. It says, and his sister Miriam stood some distance away to learn what would be done to him. And now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and her maids walked along the bank and she saw the ark and the rushes and she sent her maid to fetch it. When she opened it, she saw the child. Thank you, sir. When she opened it, she saw the child. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby cried, and she took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said unto Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Go. And the girl went and called the child's mother. Now watch this whole situation, talking about the combination of faith and works. Why can't it be me? Right? Part of the reason why it can't be you is because you won't do no work. You're sitting around saying God's going to handle it. But look at what happened. They didn't hear the baby for three months. You know, baby crying. And they, I don't know what they did. Now they explain that. Then they got the baby and floated it down the river. The sisters in the bushes watching to see what's going to happen. The, the Pharaoh's daughter just happens to come out. This is God. And take her bath at the time. She snatches up the baby out of there and says, Oh, so cute. I want a baby. It's going to be mine. I'm going to take this baby, right? And sister jumps out of the bushes. Hey, you want me to go get somebody to nurse that baby? <laughs> the sister working, her part. God's at work and the people at work. The, 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 the Pharaoh's daughter said, yeah, go find me, go find me somebody. She went over there and said, Mama, you won't never believe this. <laughs> so the mama shows back up over there 
And, and the, the Pharaoh's daughter told the mama, she said, take the baby and nurse it, and I'm going to give you your wages. What, what did that mean? You take the baby that you had when I was supposed to got killed, take him back home today, the same day you stuck him in the water, and I'm going to pay you to feed the, your own baby that you don't even supposed to have. Come on. Because of her faith, her, her work. Because she had faith and she put works to her faith. Man, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, yeah. Got to respect that. The woman has the baby, hide the baby for three months, mm. go into the boat making business to save the baby. Float the baby down the river into the water. The, the Pharaoh's daughter come outside and with her, with her, her girls, they find the baby, take him out of the water. So cute. It's so cute. We're going to name him Moses. You can't keep him, girl. What they going to say? I'm my daddy do whatever I want. We're going to keep him. We're going to keep him. How are we going to nurse him? Right? How are we going to nurse him? Well, oh, where'd you come from, little girl? Oh, that is a good idea. You're so wise. Right? Yeah, go, go find somebody to nurse the baby. The same day the woman stuck the baby in the water, they get the baby back. Get the baby back and a check. Right. I wish somebody would pay me to pay, raise my kids. <laughs> I wish somebody would pay me to raise my kids. <laughs> but it was her faith. Listen, it might as well. Listen, everybody else, the baby's getting thrown in the water. If it's going to be somebody get the miracle, I want you to say this to me and say, if somebody going to get the miracle, somebody gonna get the miracle, it might as well be me. It might as well be me. It might as well be me. If it's going to happen for somebody, it might as well be me. But the reason why we don't see more of the miraculous is because we don't have that attitude. The miraculous is for somebody else. That's the way that's our attitude. But if somebody going to get it, it might as well be me. If anybody, baby, going to get saved, it might as well be mine. Might as well be mine. If something good going to happen, it might as well be to me. All these other people not going to grab your feet. They don't want no miracle. They don't, they, don't, they don't want no financial breakthrough because they're scared of They think money's bad. But I need my bills paid. Might as well be me. Yeah. Come on. Listen, if somebody's going to get healed, I, I, the other people don't believe God still healed. But it might as well be me. If anybody's going to come out of emotional depression, it might as well. Be me, because other people they not gonna believe for. To all the people who don't want their share, Lord, let me get theirs too. Yeah, come on. It might as well be me. Yeah, might as well be me. Well, how how is it me? You gotta make an investment. You gotta invest your faith. I I love that story. That's insane. Insane. I, the same day, she didn't even have to wait, sit over at home in anguish for two or three days. I wonder what's happening with the baby. And they went, I mean, just a few minutes, a little baby floating down the river, and they get him out. A little girl in the bushes. Huh. Oh, I got an answer. I, I love that story. I could read it over and over. Every time I read it, it's new to me. Turn with me to, turn with me now to, okay, so, and you know, make your way over to <laughs> Luke chapter 5, verse 17. But, the, but we know that it was her faith because of this same story in Hebrews eleven twenty three. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and were not afraid of the king's commandment. So the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, 
that it was her faith that caused Moses to uh, Moses to faith in her works. Here's another story that I love right here. We are we are, we are over there. Luke chapter five verse seventeen. Luke five seventeen. Somebody say this again. Say if it's gonna happen, if it's gonna happen. It might as well be me. It might as well be me. Right? Talking about putting our faith and our works together. Uh, now it happened on a certain day that he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Make note of that. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring and lay before him, and they could uh, not find how that they might bring, bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and lowered him down in the bed, through the tiling, and into the midst of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, your sins be forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this uh, who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? There's always going to be doubters. Always. Always going to be doubters to challenge God's power, but most of the time, They're looking for an excuse not to invest their faith. Because making a faith investment can be hard work. Jesus didn't care about the doubters. That didn't stop him from doing what he had to do. It says the power of God was present to heal. That's what they should have been interested in. Right? So, it says the power of God was present to heal. They should have been focused on that. They want to challenge Jesus. Anytime when you're a person who's going to make up your mind that you're going to believe for God's best, you're going to trust God, that you're going to live beyond the circumstances, you're going to believe, live beyond what you see, there's always going to be people who are, who are going to doubt, who are going to talk about you and talk about your optimism, your spiritual optimism, let's call it that. There's always going to be people like that. Jesus didn't care. They said, who, who are you to be forgiving somebody's sin? Right? Jesus just kept on. He said, man, but read it again. He says, who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he heard what they was thinking. He answered and said to them, why are you reasoning within your hearts? Which is easier to say, my sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise and take up your bed and go to your house. Mm. If it's going to happen, say it again. But it's not going to happen unless you put your some works with your faith. It's not going to happen unless you put your work with some faith. Now they come all that way. I love to tell this story. Y'all might hear me tell it 50 times, y'all, as long as you know me. Four guys carrying this dude. We don't know if the dude, how heavy he was or what. We don't know. He might have been a big dude, whatever. But four of them carried him. And we know it was it's hot over there. Like it's hot in here right now. They carried this dude all the way over to the house. They done heard about the prayer meeting where Jesus is. And they're carrying their homeboy over there because they've probably been carrying around every day the time they get ready to go somewhere. They didn't have no power scooters back then. None of that kind of stuff. And every time they get ready, if they want him to go, they got to pack him. And they heard this Jesus is the dude that does the healing. 
and we're going to get him over there. They get over to the door and got him over there and knock on the door. They say, man, y'all can't come in. There's too many people. The church is packed. Right? But our friend, he needs to get healed. We don't care about that. Tell him to come back tomorrow. Right? And so they're like, we ain't coming back tomorrow. This brother heavy. We packed this brother all the way over here. We're going to get this man healed now. Right? And so they decide, again, we got faith, but we got to put it to work. Right? I don't know what their houses was like over there. But anything that they did to get this brother, get this brother elevated. Right? But they won't let us through the door. We're going to get him on the roof. I don't, know, I don't know what their roof was like. I don't know if they were slanted or not. They got the hole. Make sure you don't slide off. He's scared. Hold on, Hammond. Don't drop me. You, know? you got That's why you don't. That's why you don't know your Bible. You don't imagine. Your imagination ain't there. You got to see. You got to be there watching. You got to see the whole thing. Did they get a rope? Did they push him? Did one of them put him on the shoulder? Is he about to fall? You got look. That's what movies are all about. Right? You see in the movies, they're trying to jump over the wall. Right? They got this brother up on the roof. Start pulling the tiles back on the roof. That, is, that don't seem like a church. Church people would say, that's rude. <laughs> that's, not, that's not God. That's not order. They wouldn't worry about church order or none of that. They wouldn't get this brother here. They rip open the open roof and lower this brother down in the middle of everybody. This brother like, hello. <laughs> How are y'all, Jesus? The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. And he began to say he forgave his sins and he healed him. Yeah. Right? Now, none of that would have happened if, it, if they weren't willing to work for it. If there was no works on the other side of it, none of that would have happened. People run from their miracle because their miracle at first glance looks like hard work. You run away from your miracle because your miracle looks a lot like hard work. They wouldn't have got no miracle if they wouldn't have climbed on top of that house and lowered that brother down in there. How many times have you showed up at the door of your miracle and somebody who wasn't God told you you couldn't have it and you went and went back home? Yeah. They wasn't taking no for an answer. We're finna get this brother here. We done came all this way Faith without works is dead being alone. That brother would have went back. They would have had to carry him back home. But instead, their walk home would have looked a whole lot different than it did because they, they put they exercised their, their, their works. Right? So imagine the conversation on the way back home. You didn't know this brother since y'all was kids. This brother been like this. Imagine that. And so now, you guys ain't carrying him back home. It's the first time you ever seen your man walk. Yeah, I ain't never seen you do that. <laughs> You're walking, man. How it feel? Better I can't believe holding his own too. Think about Come on, man. He told him to carry his own bag. Take you, take it back home. This ain't carrying you. You're gonna carry it because of they put their work with their faith. Not just faith alone. They put works to it. This brother going back home. I, man, if it's me, I'm crying the whole way home. Them brothers would not take note for an answer. And they put their works together with their faith. And they got what they needed. To me, that's one of the greatest stories in the Bible of persistence. Let's say it again. If, if somebody don't get it, say it with me. 
Somebody gonna get it? Somebody gonna get it? Might as well be me. Might as well be me. Let's do, it. Let's do one more story. We're about to be ready to wrap up. Go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 26. Somebody gonna get it? Might as well be me. 14, All these stories have the same thing in common. The people didn't sit back. The people got up and they, they, they did their part. They did their part. God won't give me a job. I've been praying for a job for seven years. You might want to go and put in a resume somewhere. Right. You may, you may want to do. You may want to change it up. You may. You got to do something. Something got to be different. You've been sitting up there praying. I don't know why you going to ask about because you, you you're not doing nothing. Faith without works is dead. The two of them have to go together. So here we go. Uh, Verse 26, it says, and when, uh, when the disciples saw him walking by the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried for fear. But immediately, immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. Uh, it, uh, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come and wa- come out on the water. So he said, come. And Peter uh, had come down out of the boat and he walked on the water to Jesus. Why come the other brothers didn't walk on the water? Why the other brothers didn't? Because they sat in the boat and, and they didn't do nothing. Peter said, there's no reason. Jesus was not that drowning. There was no shark about to get him. Not even, not even a dolphin. Nothing messing with Jesus out there. There was, he didn't need no help. Nothing out there on the water. The Bible don't say he was, he was, he was in trouble. Nothing like that happening. Nothing. Peter simply wanted to have the experience. It was, he didn't have no need to get out there. But Peter said, lifted up his hand like that one loud student in class. God, if it, Lord, if it be you, let me come out there. And without a second thought, jumped out of that boat. And the only person other than Jesus recorded in the Bible walked on the water. Because he put his works together with his faith. The Bible says that faith alone, and that, that almost sounds blasphemous, but it's, it's his own words. Faith alone without works is dead. Faith separated from works is dead. Moses' mama would have never gotten that experience happened to her had she not trusted God and said, I'm going to keep this baby. I'm hiding this baby. Would have never got it. Them brothers would have never got their free and healed if they wouldn't have had works. To go together with their faith. Everything or whatever they had to do to get this brother on top of that roof to lower him down in there made the difference. Because now, we can say, well, Jesus knew, Jesus would have knew they was outside, this, that, and the other. But the Bible don't say that. The Bible says Jesus saw them when they dropped the brother in the room. Right? So then, so do you think them getting him in the middle of the room in front of Jesus made a difference? It made a difference. That they went through everything that they went through to get in the presence of God. Faith without works is dead. Being alone. You got to do something. Tell your neighbor you have to do something. Got to do something. Got to do something. Sitting there blaming it on God. Why? Blaming it on God. Everything. For everything that ain't going right in our life, we blame it on God. Uh, turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read verse 7 and 8. We're going to read verse 30 and verse 33 and 34. In that order. 
Yeah, Hebrews 11, 7 and 8. We're going to read verse 30 and verse 33 through 34. 7 and 8, verse 30. 33 through 34. Why am I telling you that three or four times? Because when I copy and paste them from my Bible, there ain't no numbers in this paragraph. Somebody, somebody, when I hit the verse, somebody yell and scream what it is. 7 and 8, verse 30, 33 through 34. All right, so let's start in 7 and 8. Prompted by faith, Noah, being forewarned of God, concerned of events, which as yet there was no visible sign, took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. So here's Noah with no sign, no proof, no, it's going to rain, storm, whatever that, Noah has no proof that this is going to happen. This is not recorded that this has happened before. And the Bible says that not only did he do it, but he diligently and reverently constructed and prepared the ark. And who benefited from it? His own family. His own family benefited from his faith. Your family will be the recipients of your works and your faith. Now, I've thought about this often a lot of times. Not, not ever storm before. And, and Noah gets to telling the community, man, y'all, y'all, y'all guys need to repent, man. It's a storm coming. How do you know that? Because the Lord told me. The Word says it. The word says it's going to be a storm. The Lord told me it's coming a storm. And they see Noah outside in his front yard, and he's got, you know, McCoy's truck showing up with wood. Come on over here. I told you, you got to use your imagination. That's why y'all don't get it. McCoy's truck showing up with wood. Bring it, bring it over here, bring it over here, bring it, bring it over there, bring it over there. Power saws, they bring all these tools over there in his front yard. He's, he's got the borrow yards. Look, Sam, I'm trying to get this thing going to be four footballs. I don't know, four or five footballs long? Sam, I need to be able to put this in your front yard. I'm with this boat. It's going to storm. Y'all can get in if you so too. You can use my yard, no, but I don't believe it's going to be no storm. Just keep working. You got the kids out there, they cutting wood and sawing. You ever seen that movie? Uh, was that, is that Evan Almighty was the one? Yeah, that's the one where they built the ark? Right. Good example, right? So nobody believed that this is going to happen. And this brother here, in the, in the face of all the doubters and people ridiculing and making fun of him, built this thing on the word of God. Went to work on the word of God. Did you hear what I said? He went to work on the word of God. He didn't just hear the word and say, oh, praise the Lord. You know, God's going to save us. God said, no, you need, to, you need to put your hand on this wood. And cut this stuff up and get this ark built. Right? And who got saved at, 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 at this work? Noah and his family yep. got saved because he obeyed and put his work forward. Right? That was This is an undertaking. They built a replica. A guy came in a restaurant and showed me this, uh, where they had took pictures. They went to a place in Tennessee where they built a replica of the ark. And he was showing us all the pictures. Huge thing. Right? But if, if he never would have went to work with his faith, he would have drowned like everybody else. You mean God would have drowned Noah? Oh, yeah. I guess if he wouldn't have built the boat like he told him to. Unless Noah was going to hold the world record for treading water. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. But Noah, I believe he said what we said in here tonight. If it's going to happen to somebody, it might as well happen to me. Yeah. Right? It might as well happen to me. Somebody's going to get saved. It might as well happen to me. Right? So it says, for the deliverance of his whole family. The next verse, I don't know if I'm moving on or what. But the next verse I'm reading, by this, uh, his faith 
which relied on God, he passed judgment and sentence on the world's unbelief and became an heir and a possessor of righteousness. That relation of being right into which God puts the person's, a person who has faith. Uh, urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know, uh, did not know or, or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Because of faith, the walls of Jericho came down after they had been encompassed for seven days. Who by the help, uh, who by the help of faith, all right? So it says the help of faith. Let me find out what verse one. Let me go to my Bible. I'm in what, 30? Okay, so verse 30 says, who by the help of faith. It don't say faith alone. It says that faith helped. Why does it say that? Because there was works on the other side of it. Right? Who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms. 33. Subdued kingdoms, administered justice, ordained promised blessings, closed, closed the mouths of lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped devourings of, of the sword, out of frailty and weakness, won strength and became stalwart and even mighty and resistless in battle, routing alien hosts. So it says the help of faith caused them to do all of these things. It didn't say faith alone. It says the help of faith. Right? Faith is going to help you. Faith ain't going to do it for you. It's going to help you. You have to exhibit some courage. The help of faith, uh, if you continue to read, it's, uh, before that, it says that uh, by faith the children of Israel went through the Red Sea on dry ground. They could have just stood there after the water opened up and said, uh-huh. We don't know when it's going to come back together. Or we might get stuck in the mud. Right? But it says that faith helped them, but they still had to choose to go through. Right? And in and, and, uh, church, a lot of times, we're so spiritual, we can't even get done what we need to get done because we think God's going to do it all. He's not going to do it all. He's going to help you. Right? you got to put your faith in God. But listen, if God was going to do it all by himself, he don't need you at all. He don't need you. He just do it, he just do it by himself. I don't need you. But God been, you read from the beginning of the Bible, God been working with people. He told Adam, I'm fixing to make a garden. I want to have a garden. I'm going to stick you in it. I need you to take care of it. He told every, everybody they ever worked with, he told them he, he had a job for them to do. They were participating in the thing. Why? Because God is a spirit. That's why Jesus had to come in the form of a man. Because he's a spirit. Right? And so, so do we, did Jesus do work? Did Jesus uh, exemplify or show his faith through his works? Yes, he did. He went through ridicule. He was beaten. He was hung on the cross. That was his work. He didn't just say, oh, man, I'm just standing here and let him kill me. And God's going to get me back up anyway. He went about his work and did what he had to do. And that was a certain time the Bible says they looked that they was going to push Jesus off a cliff. But God had made a way where he confused him and Jesus walked right through him. Right? And then there was another time, it says uh, uh, when Jesus was born, that God told him, don't go back over there. They're going to kill you over there. But we're thinking that's God. God, surely you can stop him from killing him. Sometimes God got funny ways where he do stuff. Mm-hmm. One time he confused him and let you walk right through him. Another time he said, don't go over there. We're not going to argue with him as to why he do it. But, but it, it's important that we have a relationship with God because you got a part to play. 
You have something to do in this thing with God. It ain't just up to God. Faith that works is dead. Being alone. Right? Don't be robbed of God's blessings in your life because you refuse to play your